Hi, I'm Spencer. And I'm Blake. And, and you're, you're about, about to, to Get, get jumped. jumped. Welcome to episode 133 of Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, a weekly podcast where we watch the anime so you don't have to. But you should still totally watch the anime. This week on Get Jumped, we're watching Hunter x Hunter episodes 136 through 139, where learn your rules, you'd better learn your rules. <laughs> if you don't, you'll be twisted to death along with the person you love the most in the world and also maybe a series of acquaintances depending on how much time you spent with them. <laughs> Oh my god, this is just the most... Okay, there's nothing to say there. Let's jump in. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) I just... These episodes are basically a large list of rules in plot A, and then in plot B... A large list of rules about something else. And then yeah. some characters have dialogue to intersperse the rules. That, uh, is, that is true. And I, I just thought of that song, which is from The Office, if anybody doesn't re- recognize it immediately. And uh, also, I don't know what we're going to do with our coverage. Because on the one hand, there's almost nothing to talk about if we don't want to go in-depth in the rules. And on the other hand, we could talk for like two fucking hours trying to explain the minutiae of these rules. So I don't know where we're going to land. Yeah, it's just uh, Hunter x Hunter takes a takes a, a deep dive into uh, rule book and uh, election lore yeah. um, inside of these episodes, and it is uh, it is I will say as somebody who is also reading uh, read the manga and is currently rereading the manga of Hunter, um, it is. Uh, worse in the manga and the <laughs> biggest reason why is because it's the same stuff but more of it and you have to read it <laughs> yeah i've seen i saw somebody post a picture it might have been in our discord actually i was thinking it was on a youtube video but i think it was in our discord somebody was talking about this and they just posted like a, a page from the manga and it has like five or six panels and like three of them don't have any illustrations and are just text. And I was like, mm-hmm. this is, it's just a book. Like it's not, <laughs> it's not a manga at this point. Like this is just a book where you like have a picture at the start of the chapter or something, which is mm-hmm. fine, but that's not what you're doing. Like, I don't know. I look, we've talked about this a thousand times. So I don't want to get deep into it, but like Hunter X Hunter is a great series that really struggles here at the end of the anime. As far as Spencer and I are concerned with some, fairly standard storytelling mistakes that are being done intentionally, but don't seem to be being done intentionally as a subversion or in any way enhancing the material. And again, some people really love it and that's not to say that you can't love it. And that's not to say that you can't think it's great, but this is just, the story is just grinding to a halt. And honestly, like I haven't seen the last episode or two, but like, I don't think, one of these plot lines matters even at all. Well, it 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 matters a lot in the manga, and it is it is not as important. Um, yeah, and well, some of the things don't exist inside of the manga. Um, <laughs> but that's that's this for is, a different thing. <laughs> this is also another thing that I have to say is that we we are very very close to the end of Hunter X Hunter. Actually, now that I say that, we have two more episodes after this of coverage. Uh, so we are just out after we finish today, we will be less than 10 episodes from the end of this series, which number one, start getting your voting fingers ready because that's going to be coming up soon. Number two, 
what a way to end a show. Like, it's so weird. This is the weirdest way to end the show. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think that they, I think that the big thing about this to, to take away, and like we're, we'll go into this after we talk about our, our other stuff of the week. But it, it's, it's one of those things where the, the manga and the, the the anime sort of diverge. And the biggest reason why is because the creator of Hunter x Hunter takes very long hiatus, uh, or, or hiatuses, hi- multiple hiatuses. <laughs> um, he, he One likes to, right. he likes to be like, peace out. I'm not doing anything for a couple of years so that I can live my life and not be controlled by the manga that I'm creating. Yeah. Um, and much respect to him, but at the same time, if you're trying to make an anime that runs alongside this at the same time and you were like, he'll surely be caught up and further along by the time we get done with this anime. And he was just like, Nope, still hanging out on the beach. (laughs) Yeah. This, uh, so, yeah, like you said, most manga artists, like, manga comes out once a week, every week, with almost no exceptions. It's not unheard of for an author to take a hiatus on a long-running series, but usually that hiatus is brief, and it's often unplanned just because the author is developing some sort of mental or physical uh, disorder from the exceedingly demanding work schedule and hours of being a manga artist. Uh so, you know, total respect to this guy for, like, taking his time and living his life. Like, the series will be there when you get back. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, he may may verge a little bit into, like, GRRM territory here where he's like, yeah, fuck you. I'll get the last thing to you when I'm ready. Uh, and maybe never. So, you know, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> so, but on the other hand... That. If you are caught up with the Hunter x Hunter manga, um, it is going into some new and crazy places um so there's that yeah well Um, this this author's never been afraid to experiment and to do things and that's i think one of the the reasons why we're struggling with this is because he's doing stuff with the arc that we're finishing and with this little mini arc that we haven't really seen before in the story and it's not really the things that we liked with the story or that drew us to it um and again some people really love it uh but you know he, he experiments and he's a he's a clever boy so He's always pulling out new interesting things to see what <laughs> sticks. I like that. Uh, and I appreciate him taking these hiatuses. This show, this is definitely a show that's going to get that bleach thing where they're like, 20 years later, here is the rest of this show. And yeah, we're just going to sure. pick up where we left off and you can watch the rest of it. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. That's what's going to happen. Um, but uh, other things to chat about this week. We are still doing Monday episodes. That is a new thing that is happening yeah. um, as part of our partnership with the Geekly Grind. I, I think um, you will have heard three of them by the time I, you hear this. Yeah, you've, just two. You've, you've heard a bunch of them if you're on the train, which it seems like people are jumping on that train. Choo-choo. Um, it's, it's also exciting because we have quite a few people that are, it seems like, picking up from the very beginning of the show or um, a different group of people that is picking up from the, begin to, the beginning of Hunter x Hunter, which is really exciting. Uh, I've had a couple of people say to me, like, I had no idea there was somebody covering this show from beginning to end. And I was just yeah, like, Yeah, that's because hey. the subreddit won't let us post there. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's not true. They let us post. Do they? Okay. I'm just salty some, about the Naruto Reddit. Oh man, some subreddits are just like not accept not accepting of people putting out the things that they like inside of a different format. Yeah, um, they're and, they're like if you, if it's a thing that you worked on, they will come at you with torches and pitchforks. But if it's a thing that you found, even if it's the same thing, they'll be like, "This is cool." And I'm like, yeah. okay, but nobody's going to find it. If I don't yeah, it it's just, I just, I don't, Jag. I don't understand how Reddit works so much of the time. It's just, well, and you know, it's, it's, it's different from one subreddit to the next. So it's a real, yeah. it's a real shifting ecosystem. Yeah. And the thing, the thing about Reddit that has always sort of caught me by, uh, caught me off guard. It's the same sort of thing that happens inside of discord is that you get to make your space. Um, and there is an overarching thing that you like things you can't do as terms of service with Reddit and with Discord. Um, but within those different pockets, people, not employees who have a rule book, get to make their own rule book, which is cool and sometimes like too much power to some group of people and they decide that they're just like you know they're going to get super insular about it um and not going to accept anything from outside and i mean i guess that's just people making their own clubs and i mean that's what these things were built for so have yeah but when your club is the only club that has survived about that thing it can be really frustrating and you know Mm. i've been in a lot of uh subreddits where you know like the pokemon subreddit's a really good example it it gets inundated with fan art Mm -hmm. and a lot of that fan art is very good and very cool but like it's not a fan art sub it's a pokemon sub and fan art is just one aspect of that and so uh i don't know a couple months ago or maybe even a year ago because time has no meaning anymore uh they there was uh you know a, a fairly vocal outcry from members of the community that there was too much art kind of pushing out all the other non art um posts and so they there's been a couple of communities where this happened so i don't know if it was the pokemon exactly but you can tap you can flare posts on reddit and then people can filter out things that have been flared one way or another uh there's also some reddits that have done like okay if you want to post like your art or your podcast or whatever you can do that on this mega thread that happens once a week and and you'll just post it in the comments there instead of making your own post and like that's great and then like there are some subreddits like the naruto subreddit (laughs) where none of those things exist and they still get pissed at you for trying to post your own shit. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's very frustrating because I'm like, uh, I, I, I asked their mods before posting anything there about our, our giveaway for Naruto. Um, and I was like, Hey, we have this cool thing. We're, we're giving away. It's completely free. Um, and the response back was no, you can't do that here. And I was like, okay, um, I guess that's fine that you don't want your friends on your Reddit to be entered into a free drawing that literally costs them nothing except for some of their time on something they might be interested in. Um, I'm I'm very confused by it, and I don't understand why it is that way, but yeah. screw it. Um, anyways, uh, let's talk about other things that are happening this week. Yay! Um, so, my big thing that happened this week that I was uh, super excited about and want to talk more about, and we covered in one of our, um, our weekly jumps so far, is that I have been watching a lot of God of High School, <laughs> <laughs> and I love it so much. 
Um, and I just want to talk about it so much. And so I, I, I'll say right here that it might be my favorite anime of 2020. Um, and I've watched a couple of good animes from 2020, including Decadence, which is great. So and I have continued to watch it as well. You have? Um, I haven't watched it yet. I've only seen the first three. Man, God of High School is so much it's so much better in my opinion. And here's the reason why God of high school is the most popcorn anime I've seen in a long time mm. where you can turn your brain off and just watch people just go and ham on each other. And I think that that's what people need in 2020. <laughs> yeah. Especially after tonight. Cause you, you people are listening to this in the future, but we're listening on the night of the first debate and recording after the debate. And fuck. Look, Let's let's not talk about that. Instead, I don't want to get into it, but everybody, I don't think it's a I think it's a bipartisan issue that that was a shit show. Everybody should go if you like shonen to watch God of High School and turn your brain off and just watch people go and ape shit on each other. And I will say that one of my favorite things about it so far is that for the weekly jump, I watched the first couple of episodes and uh, because I was like, okay, I want to, I want to see how I feel about it. Uh, I, after like the hype wears off of just watching something new, that's cool. Um, so let me watch the first couple of episodes again and then keep on watching. And I, it, it did not disappoint. The rewatch was the funny parts were still funny. Um, the anime fight sequences were still awesome. Um, the different random things that happen inside of the show were still intriguing. And this is what lands me on my favorite thing to say about it. I might have one of one anime that I have that has Parks and Rec syndrome, which is that I can just watch it over and over again and not hate it after watching it like three times and I'm like, I'm so down for that because I haven't had a lot of these animes ever. I think the only, uh, the only ones that I, I really, really know that I can watch over and over and over again, um, have been, well, this now, um, one punch man. And, uh, also, um, Oh God, why is my brain messing up a uh, full metal alchemist brotherhood? Um, and brotherhood, the biggest reason why is just because number one, it's fantastic. Um, but number two, um, it has so many different random little tiny nuances inside of it that you're not going to pick everything up on the first watch. And so if you finish all of it, you can start it over again. And it's like picking up a really, really good book again. Um, and I, I think that that, you know, I, I just I love that show. But God of High School is also great. Cover that show. <laughs> Maybe soon. Oh man. Maybe. Oh, man. Hunter Anyways. X Hunter will be going away and then we'll be down to only one of our original shows. Oh, that's crazy. Um yeah. anyways. Although we'll be stuck with that one for a long time. What's what's your news of the week, Blake? Oh, uh so I actually have two bits of news. One I wrote down like weeks ago when we were initially making these notes. <laughs> So I'm glad I remember it. And then uh, another one I saw this week. So hopefully this isn't too old news by the time you hear this. But uh, the Cowboy Bebop's live action series has resumed filming. Woo! Yeah, they shut it down because of the virus. And also John Cho got an injury. And I don't know if those happened concurrently or compounded each other or if they were two separate instances. But they are now back. So that's cool. We still don't know much about the series, but I'm still feeling optimistic based off of what I have heard. Uh, Another original, uh, not a sponsor, original live action adaptation of an anime that's coming down the pipe is called One Piece. 
Oh my god. I I saw this inside of your your build up and I was just like I am I am so so not excited about this one. Let me give you my review which is the same. <laughs> because one, I don't have as much of a connection with One Piece. I am I am watching it right now and I am watching it at my pace, which means very very uh small handful of episodes once in a while. Uh, I like it. I used to not like it when I was younger. Now I do. I like that I have come to enjoy a thing that is well-liked universally uh, because I always feel like I'm on the outskirts when my opinion goes against the grain there and I want to sort of re-examine. So I'm glad that the re-examination has brought me to a liking of this series. So uh, I think that One Piece, uh, from my limited knowledge, and Spencer, you have much less limited knowledge and also much more uh, recent exposure to the series with your uh, yes. large reread that was or is happening. Um, One Piece is a great series because the show is able to, in small ways, reinvent itself all the time. Correct. It's able to explore different types of stories and different types of places and the different types of people and creatures that would live in those places and stories because it is set in a world of pirates where they go from island to island. And so each island offers a brand new universe. And it feels like One Piece because the heroes are transferring themselves from one place to another and they are a constant. Uh, and, you know, the writer has a pretty strong voice that that comes through. But, like, each new place offers some new type of tale and some new type of thing to learn about in the world. And I think that that adventure and that discovery is what makes One Piece great. And it's also a good shonen series with a lot of good action and a lot of cool powers. And it's also got a comedic bent to it. And it's that comedic bent that I want to touch on here because the article that I was reading was looking at one of the writers for the live action show, which is one of three, if IMDb is to be believed. Uh, this is a guy named Matt Owens. And I looked up his IMDb page and I honestly, I don't remember seeing anything on there that I have a strong connection to. Uh, and I did see a couple of things on there that I was like, sure, he makes uh, things of varying quality. So I don't want to talk too much shit about him because I have mad respect for people that are working in Hollywood. And that's like, you know, that's like my dream job. But like, uh, and it's hard. So I, you know, I just, I don't want to like, I'm not trying to disrespect him. But uh, in the same way that when we talked about the Cowboy Bebop live action adaptation a little while ago, uh, the person working on that was talking about the things that he thought made the show the show. I agreed with those reads. This interview has them talking to this writer about what makes One Piece One Piece. And he was basically like, One Piece is funny. It's a cartoon. And people do funny things in it. And some of those jokes are like, they don't translate very well because they're for Japanese people. So we'll have to like, you know, update the humor to be more American. But like the show's going to be funny. And I was like, it's not necessarily that he said that the humor is the heart of this the show or that one piece is about being funny but that is how i interpreted it and that was just kind of the impression that it gave me was that this was somebody that was looking at this you know 
massive series nearing its 1000th chapter that's been running for over 20 years and his review of it in his adaptation of this beloved global phenomenon is it's funny and i i just have concerns about that yeah (laughs) i don't want to gatekeep and again i don't want to like throw shade on this person because like even if he is completely sincere, you can still fuck up and writing is hard and nobody is perfect, but like that, it just doesn't inspire confidence. Yeah. Pobot is perfect. Like Pobot is perfect. You're right about that. <laughs> I will say that, uh, I looked over this article a little bit and, uh, I also kind of took a moment while Blake was talking to look up this person's writing history. Um, and it doesn't, it, it, one of the things I love is Marvel's agents of shield. Um, and mm, I love it looks that like too. Although a uh, lot of Marvel fans don't. So I don't, yeah, I don't well, get it's, that, but that's true. One of the things that is good about the show is that the writing of the show is actually really interesting and they have like good back and forth inside of the show. Um, One of the things that sucks about the show is that it didn't have enough money because it was being made before um, it was bought out by Disney World and Disney World was like pump all money into all things Marvel. And uh, so I'm a little bit excited about that. I am also a little bit excited about the fact that I I feel like um, uh, people that are given a a new chance at things often grab it by the helm and really, really want to like put their stamp onto it. Um, And that is exciting because maybe they'll get it right. But uh, the double-edged sword of that is that sometimes people that want to take it by the helm and make it their own are inferior to the original creator and the design of the original product and if that is the case and they are at odds with it because they might not have heard of it before picking it up and if they wanted to do real research on one piece they would have to spend a lot of time in lore i think you might be barking up a very dangerous tree um because one piece fandom is large and rabid and tends to get very frustrated when people screw up their things or speak incorrectly about the lore of their universe. Um, And I think that that's one of the things that kind of happened inside of the Marvel universe as well, um, which I, I hope this person has learned from because the Marvel universe for a very long time it's it wants everything that comes out about Marvel to be good. So it will trust things to a point. And it started to completely not trust things like Sony, who continue to put out just straight garbage Marvel properties inside of movie form. I'm looking at you, Venom. I'm looking at you, the Hulk movie with Hulk dogs. Um, that was so there, long ago, though. There are just but, you know, point taken. <laughs> yeah, there are just there are just so many terrible things that they had done with it, and so when it got passed over to a Marvel super fan um, who wanted to be like, "Hey, I know all these things. I am a fan too. 
I want to make things that I myself as a fan wants to see. And then that was wildly popular. And everybody was just like, oh, it turns out that if you give the nerds that are paying you money the thing that they want, they will request more of it and give you way more money than they would before when you were just giving them the bare minimum. And they were like, this is a great business practice. Let's do this. I was just like, yeah, what, who in, who in the marketing and advertising department of these, these industries does not know that? And, and then I, you know, get online again and see that Sony's like, you, you hated the Marvel, the Venom movie. Let's make another Venom movie with Carnage. And I was just well, like, actually, the Venom movie got pretty good reviews and was generally well liked. I hate it. made a lot of money, but yeah, it's not a good movie. <laughs> yeah. But the biggest problem with that is that it, 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 is really weird it's a really weird business practice because it seems like they they make a lot of movie not from the american market they make it from overseas where um it seems like the the quality of movies maybe is down so they will accept um they will accept the the action you know the action movies from the united states even if they're just like subpar in comparison um and they will also accept the really really good ones as well and like the really really good ones more but um that's that seems to be the business model with some of these terrible movies that are coming up from sony um is that they were just like you know the american market we're just riding it off they'll give us some of their money but you know don't worry about it whereas marvel was just like no 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 money from everybody and i was just like i was just like yeah like cool do that (laughs) money is the same in each country i mean not really but also kind of yeah anyways Uh, um, i think so there's also, you know, this is a really complicated issue that I, we needn't delve into here. But, like, it is true that if you don't have an emotional connection to the material, you are less likely to make a good version of that thing. It is also true that super fans don't make perfect creators. Sometimes you can be blinded by your fandom just as much as you can be blinded by, I don't know, your first impression of the work or your desire to do something unique. I don't know. Like the last Airbender movie, like it's my understanding that M. Night Shyamalan knew very little of the universe and explicitly wanted to change it for for the purposes of putting his own mark on it. And that didn't go very well. But it's also true that like, and this is weird because we cover manga and anime and manga and anime is this weird thing where when you get the anime that's based on the manga it is basically a shot for shot remake and every once in a while little things will be changed but for the most part the exact same plot plays out in the exact same way and that is strange because that that's a really weird way to adapt something and i think we we get a lot of people wanting things to be adapted that way they're like i loved this you know this comic book storyline this graphic novel i just want to see it on the big screen and there are so many reasons why that doesn't happen and some of them are dumb boring reasons like it's hard to you know schedule an actor's contract you have to pay the actors that appear and speak so when you have like you know giant 30 character crossovers you gotta pay everybody for that not every movie can be avengers endgame but like you know, there, these things have to be adapted and people are trying to adapt them in ways that are faithful for the most part. I, I think we've left the era 
uh, not completely, this will never be completely the case, but I think we are so much less likely to encounter creators who are making something just because. Um, there's definitely things that I think have studio meddling for that. I think the DCEU is a great example of this. Um, but like, there there are people that approach it. And actually the DCEU is a great example of a super fan maybe misinterpreting the characters arguably misunderstanding what makes those characters beloved and what makes those stories enjoyable because Zack Snyder is an avowed super fan and he has a very specific storytelling vibe that he's going for. And those movies are exactly what he wants and lots of people don't like them. So like, I guess what I want to say is that like, I agree with you that like, if you're looking to make something, there is going to be somebody out there who is a talented creator who also knows that thing well and has a passion for it. So if you want to adapt something, throw it that to that person's uh, court and you're probably going to be setting yourself up for success. However, that is not a guarantee of success and people that have come to it lately or that have just discovered something to love about it can also have something to say that's worth listening to. It might be playing the odds against yourself a little bit, but it can still happen. And I guess I want to say like, I think there's a lot of gatekeeping that happens in the fan community about like this thing wasn't enough, like the source material. But the thing is the true truth about that is that like, these are all pieces of art and we all get out of them different things. And so like, even if you and I both agree that the same fight sequence was dope, like we might have different emotional responses or different reasons that we connected with it, or even different beats that we want to see, you know, dramatized in the adaptation. And so like, even if you're being faithful, you can't please everybody. So, you know, people, I think, in the fandom community should be a little bit more uh, forgiving and a little bit uh, slower to pass judgment on something. I know I'm kind of passing judgment on this One Piece show, but uh, but what I'm saying is it doesn't inspire confidence. I haven't seen the trailer. I don't I haven't seen the reviews like it's a ways off. Same thing with Cowboy Bebop, which I am feeling confident about, but could go either way. We also talked about the live action uh, uh, Avatar adaptation that's coming up and the sort of turmoil that we like, had don't there. Don't you mean Avatar? <laughs> Shut it. But it's just, I guess what I want to say is like to people too. Like, don't you mean Ong? People too frequently are like, it's not exactly the same as the source material. So it's bad. And that is not the metric. And it honestly, it's never been the metric. And for the most part, that wouldn't work given translating you know translating a book to a movie you can't do the same thing you've got to change things around or cut things out because they're just different mediums and anime and manga is a really strange exception to that rule and it totally works and it could work in other media that it usually isn't tried but uh there's also plenty of value in reimagining things and so you know i don't want to put the cart before the horse on passing judgment here and i think we as fans in general should be less willing to do that but mm. uh yeah this does not bode well yeah anyways um with that all uh, being we have to said talk about we fucking show now we have to talk about God what we came it. here for um which is uh our coverage of hunter x hunter so I'm blake so will you remind sick us sick of this will you remind us of uh, what's happened on hunter x hunter Hunter x Hunter is a show that used to be good. It's about a, a world in which there are these people named hunters and they are like super anime style Indiana Jones kind of adventurers, but they also might specialize in different things. They might be like Indiana Jones chefs or Indiana Jones uh, uh, 
monster hunters or something like that. So um, our main characters have become these things called hunters. The main main character is a kid named Gon. He is 12. He is super optimistic most of the time, but not lately. Uh, very energetic and uh, just all around the best. Uh, his best friend that he made early friends with in the series is a kid named Killua, who's kind of the opposite. He grew up in a tough uh, assassin family and was taught at a young age to be a professional assassin, which, you know, includes things like uh, managing your way through a painful interrogation. So he had not the greatest childhood. Uh, and as such, he's more of the dark and reserved type. They play off of each other really well, but Gon's kind of brought Killua out of his shell. And uh, now there was this thing called the Chimera Ants, and that is an organism that is uh, sort of a voracious eater, and that takes on the traits of anything that it's eaten. And so uh, the Chimera Ants happened to snack up on some people, and uh, they were going to pose an existential and potentially extinction-level threat to humanity. And so we have spent a lot of episodes dealing with the Chimera Ants. We're basically finally done with those. There was a king of the Chimera Ants who has now died. With his death, the remaining Chimera Ants are kind of like, okay, well, there's nothing to see here, so we're all going to go our own separate ways. Um, in the process, Gon got really upset about something that another ant had done to a friend of his and uh, pretty much pooped his uh, innocence out the window and sacrificed his all of his power and a lot of his life force and all of his consciousness to trying to get revenge. So he's been a real grim boy lately, and Killua feels real upset about that because that is his playground and Gon is not supposed to be playing in it. And Killua is worried about his friend and wants to help him. And now Gon is in the hospital and he might never recover because of the thing that he did. And Killua is worried. And also, as hunters, they're part of something called a hunter association, which is just the governing body of the hunters. The chairman of that association was killed during the Chimera Ants thing. And now there's going to have to be a replacement for him. And so Killua and the Hunter Association are the two things we'll be focusing on starting in 136. Yeah, so episode 136 is called Homecoming X and X Real Name. Um, this episode is all about a character that we don't care about at all. Um, let's just call him Crablante. Um, and, <laughs> Eat too uh, much crabs, you turn into a crab man. Yep. Uh, so what is happening to him at the beginning of this is that he is going to be telling Wilfen, uh, that he is going to part ways, uh, and Wilfen is like, but come with me, maybe. And he's like, no, I got to take this little ant girl back to her normal human family and they'll definitely take her back. And so, um, that's what they do. Um, and they wander right. down to a little a little town, and then the town is just like, yes, we want this little ant girl. We'll love her, and we'll raise her as our little ant woman. Um, and uh, then then Crablante lives happily ever after with them. So uh, yeah. that's basically all that happens with that part. Let's get it's to a, the important things. It's revealed that the little ant girl is the little girl that we saw way, way back. You may remember, but it has been forever, so you may not, that there were these two adorable little kids that got super murdered way back in the early days of this arc. And uh, the little boy turned out to be one of the prominent Chimera Ants, who then wasn't prominent for some reason for, like, most of the second half of the arc. And then the little girl was neither seen nor heard of again until now because it was her. And it, now she's back with mom. And n nobody says anything about the little boy, but he's alive, too. So I don't know if he's ever going to figure that out. 
Yeah. Uh, and I don't care. Yep. Anyways, uh, let's get into the important parts of the story, which is Gon and Kilba. Um, Gon is a uh, uh, goner. Gon is gone. Yeah. <laughs> so so uh, everybody's just like, oh, God, he's going to die, isn't he? And they're just like, no, we'll spare no expense to figure out a way to survive. And Kilba's just like, I've got a plan. And then they're like, that's that's fine. Um, do it on your own time. And he's like, okay, bye. Okay, um, I was and- going to already, but thanks for the permission. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> and so, uh, uh, meanwhile, there is a, a brief conversation with, um, oh God, I can't remember his name. Uh, Carmere Ant, that doesn't really matter. Um, but he's he's talking on the phone um, and uh, telling telling um, our one of our, our dear friend hunters um, that the the little the little girl chimera ant is calling herself kite and fighting around with the sword and everybody's just like and then um that that's basically all that happens with that right now yeah so chimera ants they eat people and then it turns out that like human memories are very strong and so you can kind of remember being a person although i think one of them remembers being an animal so maybe it's just memories in general and uh, so Kite was killed. That's the thing that Gon got really upset about. And that was like a mentor that they met for like one and a half episodes. And he like devoted an entire arc to being upset about it. So, uh, I mean, Kite's cool. Don't get me wrong, but like Jesus. So then, uh, Kite's, I guess, reincarnated in this little girl who looks like a normal human girl. So it, the rules are just out the window here. Yeah. So anyways, uh, I'm not bitter. Let's go into the next big part of the series, uh, and that's uh, it. It really takes it. It's really all about these these next two episodes that we're going to be talking about with the bulk of our coverage. Um, and let's go into episode one thirty seven debate X among X zodiacs. So. <sighs> There are a bunch of very, very, very cool characters that are going to be sitting around a table. Let so me tell you. super powerful hunters. If and you they... want to make characters that Blake is into, base, make a group of characters designed around the Seven Deadly Sins or the Chinese Zodiac. I will eat that shit up all day. Yeah. And uh, but, this one is the Chinese Zodiac, and I love them, and they they just sit around talking. Yes, and that's exactly what happens. Also, um, one they, of them is Gon's dad, who does not resemble his animal at all. Yeah. And He's so I'm like, like, okay, that's a mulligan. Yeah. Um, they're, they're like, some of them take it very seriously and change their change their entire being to look closer like their Zodiacs. Yeah, and all some but two of them, of them don't do care. Um, <laughs> so... Um, Just Gon's dad and the one guy who is a commentary on politicians by being the rat Zodiac character. And instead of looking like a rat, he acts like a political rat. And that's yeah. the joke. Yeah, his name is Periston, um, which is very <laughs> close to Partisan. And um, let's just say that he is that. Um, and also, I, I'm a political junkie. I eat it up. I, I live in politics. I love it. The drama of it really gets me going. I get outraged. I get excited. And I, I think it's important, so I pay a lot of attention to it. Uh, and I also have a soft spot for, like, lists and rules and things like that. Like, I just love that kind of stuff. It's just, it gets me going. And these episodes are a lot of that, and I should like them, but it's just sort of a non sequitur. Like, it's not really. Like, we we saw what led to this. The chairman died in a really important way, and it makes sense, and it, it's totally interesting 
to like touch on this, but the way that they do it is like having this debate between characters that we've never met before and one character that we were aware of, but kind of haven't met either and also don't have favorable opinions of like they're basically like, there's no point of view character for us here. And so like the stakes are very low because we don't have a horse in this race. Yeah. And the main characters that we do care about, don't give a shit. None of them uh, are paying attention to this. uh, Yeah. Anyways. So, um, meanwhile, uh, while they're all discussing, um, the, the new election for the new chairman, um, uh, Killua is off, uh, to, to, uh, to find somebody to help gone and, uh, Alumi, Alumi doesn't, of granting wishes, but also murdering people. Yeah. Uh, Alumi doesn't want this to happen. And, uh, Hisoka is show, he, he showed up to vote. Um, but really he just showed up to vote to, to look at everybody and make judgy, <laughs> judgy faces at people yeah, and then decide like that they're not strong enough to kill. <laughs> yeah. He's able to judge people's power level at a glance. And so it, it seems like the entire reason he showed up to the vote at all was just to decide which one of his comrades he was going to murk next. <laughs> just like, this guy's In sucks. true Hisoka format. He's great, and his scenes are awesome. And, and he's just like sitting there, and he's like, nah, the only ones that are worth killing are the Zodiac members, and they're busy doing the stupid election. <laughs> oh, yeah, which there's is, also this Which is how where... everybody else feels. Hold on, does that mean that we are, we are taking place of the perspective of Hisoka? Because that is a dangerous <laughs> yeah. place Hisoka's to be. Hisoka's definitely the POV character in those scenes because <laughs> none of the other ones are around <laughs> so like yeah uh because hisoka is that weird character where like he's gross and detestable like if you describe him to somebody who has never seen this show and then you're like yeah he's awesome they'll be like this person's fucked up yep that's exactly but he what is awesome <laughs> <laughs> he's just awesome because he's so hateable like he's a good villain yeah um so yeah, he's like he's kind of the only sympathetic character just on the the back of being the only one that we've met before. Uh but yeah, so he shows up to uh to scan everyone. And also the election has these like requirements that are it's not a great situation. Basically, they the Zodiac members are all strong-willed and they can't decide so they they're, they're going to draw lots, but then it turns out that Gon's dad, who's named Jing, I don't know if we've said that yet, he rigged the system so that his would get drawn like several days ago he anticipated this but he, he also like, only okay little it. little green bean guy you need yeah. to listen to me and because i'm going to predict the future coming up and he's like you're going to predict the future and then when it comes through he's like he predicted the future yeah so jing is rigging the election not the election itself but the uh, they're voting to decide how the election is going to go about. Basically, what are the rules of the election that will determine how voting is done and how a winner is declared? And his is picked because he rigged his to be picked, but he rigged it in the the weirdest way, where he's like, I, I he puts in there provisions that give him power, but he puts those in as red herrings so that the other Zodiac members will be upset at him for making a a bald-faced power grab and he will back down on those things and they will be happy enough that they were able to get him to back down on those that they don't realize that it was just the other stuff that he wanted all along yeah Uh, and he's really doing this because he feels that it will be the greatest way to remember the chairman and that the other members of the zodiac will not necessarily have the chairman's wishes at heart 
And that's why he rigged it. So anyway, the election, basically, they're having a first-past-the-post election, which is the, the same kinds we have here in America, except that there they have many, many candidates to vote for. Yeah, and, and they have uh, runoffs. The only thing you need to know is that one candidate has to get more than 50% of the vote, and that if less than 95% of all hunters in existence vote in the election, the results are invalid. And so you see throughout these episodes that they have, I think by the end of the episodes we watched today, they have had three of election. And each time, neither did a candidate hit 50%, nor did the electorate hit 95% of all possible voters. So nobody mm-hmm. won, but if they had, the vote would have been thrown out anyway. Yeah, that takes us into episode 138, Plea X and X Favor. Um, The election is still continuing to be ridiculous. Um, It still seems to be in Periston's favor, um, but uh, that is all a a clever ruse by Jing, and we won't see that until much later on. Yeah, Periston's basically manipulating the ongoing nature of the election to turn things in his favor because he is a smarmy person who uses his charisma to get ahead in life. Uh, even though he does not actually have the voters' best interest at heart, and now we can't talk about this anymore. Yeah. This takes us into uh, this story about the Zolduck family. Um, it turns out that there is another sibling inside of the Zolduck family. Um, his name is Aluka, um, and uh, his dad is just like, we had to put Aluka away. Aluka's not able to play with anybody, and don't go near Aluka, or I'll murder you to death. <laughs> Um, and so everybody's just like, okay, we'll stay away. And Kill was just like, no, 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 we'll be fine. Um, <laughs> so, um, he, he, uh, he, he actually gets to go see Aluka. Um, it turns out that Killua has a great relationship with Aluka. Um, and he, it turns out that he's like, you know, his, his really, really good sibling connection to the world and might be kind of the backstory behind like Killua's humanity. Um, and why he is he is more um thought uh, you know thoughtful yeah. about the way that he I wanted to people. ask you about this um, and I I'm glad you said it like that because what I was thinking watching this was like part of Killua's story is that he had a fucked up childhood and he had no friends mm-hmm. and then he meets Gon yep. and that's his first friend and then we find out here that he has this younger sibling that he spends a lot of time with and I was like is this like retconning Killua's backstory I mean in a way, it technically is because this is the first we've heard about this character. But like, and that you know, in the grandest sense, is what a retcon is. But more in the sense that we understand it to be like retconning by like changing something subtly. Like, is it or is this just elucidating something about him? Yeah. So here's the thing about Aluka, and this kind of takes us into the next episode as well. This is episode one thirty nine, Aluka X and X that thing. Um, Aluka has an incredibly, incredibly powerful uh, ability, um, and that is granting wishes. And it's rules. Can um, I describe the rules? I love rules. Yeah, it has it has a very specific monkey paw esque. Yeah, uh, it ability is totally to a it. monkey's paw. It's so good. So Aluka yep. is it has a different personality that they refer to as Nanika. Uh, which you will see in the subtitles potentially as being called something or that thing. But Nani is the mm-hmm. word for what. And uh, so that's a cute way to take her name, take his name. Alika really reads like a girl to me. So I'm going to, I'm going to miss make that mistake more than once probably. So Alika changes to Nanika because Alika has this power where uh, Alika will ask three things of you. 
And if you grant all of those wishes, then Aluka will turn into Nanika. And when Nanika is out, you can ask Nanika for anything and you will get your wish granted. Then Aluka or Nanika turns back into Aluka. It's the same person. It's just sort of like a, it's almost like uh, Aluka becomes possessed. And uh, so basically you have to grant Aluka three things that, uh, that Aluka requests. Then you get Nanika and you can ask it your wish. That's basically getting the dragon balls and wishing on the dragon, except there's a catch. Number one, yep. if you have your wish granted, however enormous that wish was, there is a sort of equivalent exchange at play here. So once Nanika has granted your wish, the next requests will be to a degree that matches the the sort of wish granted prior to that. So what I'm getting at yep. is Nanika or Aluka will be like, pick me up and carry me around. Let's play piggyback. Like these will be the requests. Then if you ask something like one of the characters asks for a million dollars and the wish is granted, but it seems that the wish is granted by spatially displacing an airship that has a lot of money on it from wherever it was to above the character that made that wish in that moment and causing all of the money to unexpectedly fall out of the ship onto that character that's a big a big wish it totally it basically warped reality around it and after that you see alika asking for things like take one of the organs out of your body and hand it to me and this comes with the second catch which is if you grant three of alika's wishes you get nanika and you get to make a wish of your own if you don't grant four of alika's wishes then Aluka kills you and you are guaranteed to take the person you love the most with you. But also if the wish was big enough, this also means that other people go down with you. I think they say that there have been two instances of big wishes. And as far as they could find, they one of them caused at least 13 people to be killed and one of them caused at least 67 people to be killed and it seems that you will die the person you love the most will die and then uh until a number of people have died to you know satisfy the contract it will sort of kill people that you have spent the most time with in order until the right number of people have died. It's crazy. (laughs) It's a very dangerous thing. Um, It is so dangerous, in fact, that Illumi is like, we need to go kill Aluka. Um, And so Illumi's like, come on, Hisoka, help me kill Aluka. It's specifically Um, because Hisoka spent a lot of time with Illumi. So if Killua was going to make a big wish and then try to, and Killua's wish is going to be, let's heal Gon. And mm-hmm. Gon's injuries are beyond science. So this is going to be miraculous. And he's like, the contract is going to be too big to fill. And Killua is not going to pass that off on somebody else. This could cause hundreds or thousands of people to die. And I am Killua's family member. I am one of the people that will be killed by this. And you are someone I spend a lot of time with. So you're on the hook too, buddy. 
Yep. <laughs> so, so we need to deal with this. Otherwise, we're going to be screwed. Um, we also find out inside of this that there is a, a long backstory of uh, Killua being lovely and wonderful to Aluka and basically the only person that is wonderful and lovely to Aluka um, and uh, the only person that sticks up for Aluka and makes, uh, makes it to where like he just wants to be a person. Let him be a person. I'm going to treat him like a person. And there's a lot of fun and rabble rousing that has been had by them as siblings um and it's kind of like a, a feel-good moment um but it also reminds you of just like how messed up the zolduck family is where they're just like no fun you eat poison you get into the basement and never are heard from yeah again. also they <laughs> they definitely talk about like once they discovered that alika had a power they tested it by making wishes of varying degrees and then, like, hiring servants that they knew they were going to send to their deaths by having them mm-hmm. go to Alika and telling them, like, you may not grant her wishes, grant his wishes under any circumstances. And, like, they, there's somebody... At one point, one of the characters is like, yeah, my mom had, like, two or three servants killed just so we could figure out, like, exactly what the connection was between you and the other person that dies also. It's just like they mm-hmm. iterated on this problem with people's lives. Like these people are not great. Yeah, yeah, they're they're bad people. Anyways, um, so that takes us into more election shenanigans that don't matter, and let's not worry about them. Um, instead, let's end the episode. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's all you really need to know from these Hunter X Hunter episodes. Um, I wish that this election was over. Um, in more ways and, than one. In so many different ways. Um, but anyways, uh, stick with us after the credits, and we'll talk about what's coming on next time. Blake and Spencer Get Jumped is made by Forever Summer Productions and presented as part of the Geekly Grind podcast network. Sound editing is done by Rashad English. He's our level 13 sound wizard. 13? Did he jump even more levels? He gained a lot of experience by defeating the Dark Lord of Smooth Jazz. Do you mean Chuck Mangione from King of the Hill? Rashad is the King of the Hill now. Damn it, Bobby. Anyway, our podcast is ad-free, and if you want to keep it that way, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Follow us on Twitter at B&S Get Jumped. Like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Blake and Spencer Get Jumped. Or talk to us on Reddit at Reddit.com slash R slash Get Jumped. Also, we have a Discord server. You can find the links to that on all of our social media platforms. If you like the show, please like, subscribe, and leave a review. Reviews help other listeners find our show. New review episodes come out every Monday, and new rewatch episodes appear every Friday. And hey, thanks for listening. Greetings, anime fans. My name is Jeremy, and I'm the editor-in-chief for The Geekly Grind, a place where geeks can go to escape their weekly grind. We're coming up on our fifth year of operation, and to celebrate, we searched high and low for some of the coolest podcasts out there in order to create a new geek-centric podcast network. And what we found were three awesome shows that are sure to be a great addition to any geek's media menu. Of course, there's Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, which is this wonderful show, which features an additional episode weekly now to cover new anime and manga from our friends at Viz and Funimation. You can also dive into the world of comics with Comic Book Keepers, where Chris and Lance chew the fat about their favorite heroes, villains, and comic series, as well as the impact that comics can have on our lives. 
Finally, if you're seeking a fantastical and fun retreat, Knights of the Rolled Table is an engaging and family-friendly D&D adventure starring talented improv actors. With three fantastic podcasts on the books and more on the horizon, make sure to check out the Geekly Grind Podcast Network as well as our regular content at www.thegeeklygrind.com. Next time on Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, we're watching Kill La Kill, episodes four through five. Look, I'm just saying that if your only power is the the outfit that you're wearing, laundry day is definitely a very dangerous day. It is the most dangerous day. Don't get into a fight on that day.